Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 18. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he began reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and his children, and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had the mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt so my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. You You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, you come to us with this great, tremendous gift of forgiveness. Let that forgiveness change our lives and make us whole. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It was a bad day for an umpire during the off-season. He got stopped by a policeman for speeding. He pleaded for mercy. He explained that he was a good driver and He told why he was driving so fast that day. The officer didn't buy his argument. Tell it to the judge, he said. Softball season turned and came around. And the umpire was umpiring his first game of the season. And the first batter to walk up to face the pitcher was the man who got the speeding ticket, who gave the speeding ticket. 
the police officer and the one who received the ticket recognized each other. And the officer said, so how did it go with the ticket? The officer was preparing to swing at the first pitch. And the umpire replied, you better swing at everything. Do I need to explain that? No, good, okay. So the text is about forgiveness. Let's change Peter and Jesus' conversation just a little bit. So Jesus, Peter says, how many times should I forgive? Three times is a great many. Like, should we forgive seven? And Jesus said, more than that, my friend. And so Peter says, like, 17. Not even close, Jesus says. Wait, 27. 27 times. Keep going. Peter says, you're kidding, right? 37? Jesus says, try 77 times. But that's ridiculous. That's impossible. That is exactly the point of forgiveness. We're not setting limits. We're not establishing rules for when or how not to forgive. Because forgiveness doesn't work like that. Peter's catching on to Jesus. The normal forgiveness is three in the Jewish faith. And so Peter says, I'll double it seven times, the full number. But Jesus says, stop counting. And then Jesus tells the parable. parable of great forgiveness. 10,000 talents. That's the equivalent of 10,000 bags of gold. That's the equivalent of, I don't know, 200,000 years of working. So we learn two things. In God's kingdom, forgiveness has no limits. The second thing we learn, that is in God's kingdom, that forgiveness is tied together with God and with the church, with each other. The forgiveness we show to each other. So how are we to understand that first lesson that was read? If we understand that all of the Bible is written by God, no human error involved, then we are lost. 
for God ends up being a tyrant that will kill an entire Egyptian army. God ends up destroying whole cities. And God ends up being contradictory, like angry and merciful at the same time, jealous and forgiving. And so then forgiveness ends up being like luck. God ends up being like a wicked ruler, like Caesar. But if we understand the Bible that is written with God's word written by us, then we learn about God's love. Because we can only write about God what we understand and what we know. And so the revelation of God is revealing himself at all times. And that gives us a hope because we can move from a God who kills the Egyptian armies to a God who dies on the cross for us. C.S. Lewis wrote a series of books on Narnia. The last book is The Last Battle. Tyranian and the children pass through a stable door that is a metaphor for death. And when they go through the door, they find themselves that they're still in Narnia. Only it's different. The sun is shining and it's peaceful and there's this banquet feast laid out on the grass. And it reminds us of the banquet feast of the end times. Also in this story are some dwarfs. During this last battle, the dwarfs didn't choose Aslan as king, the lion, nor did they chose the fake king, the donkey. They chose themselves. They go through the door. And they find the same feast, but it's different. All they can see is the darkness and a filthy stable and food that has been contaminated. The point of the story is we carry with us our own view of our world. We judge ourselves by what we imagine ourselves to be. So when I condemn you for your sin, I could be condemning myself knowing who I am. And so we carry with us a fear we carry with us a fear of what we are and how we live, and it makes us hard to accept forgiveness. It's like the children who walk through the door and they have a feast. It's like the dwarves who walk through the door. They have a feast, but they cannot see it. 
So we look at two people. One is Judas, and the other is Peter. Judas handed Jesus over to be crucified. Peter denied Jesus three times. Do we think one was worse than the other? Did Judas do something more terrible than Peter? Judas could see no forgiveness for what he did. And he went out and he hung himself. Peter understood forgiveness. He went out and he wept bitterly. Judas could not face Jesus. Peter had to face his own weakness, his own betrayal of Jesus, denying him three times by the fire. And when Jesus meets Peter, it's at a fire, a charcoal fire. And three times Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. There's a purpose that was said three times. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. It's hard, I'm going to use first person, applies to you too. Forgiveness is hard for me because it makes me look at my own sin. That's the point of this reading. Forgiveness, it's painful, because as I read the text, I remember people whom I have a hard time forgiving, and maybe haven't forgiven. And then that starts thoughts about, are people waiting for me to forgive them? And that makes me think, maybe I can't forgive, ever. So what holds us back? What stops us from accepting God's forgiveness and giving it to other people? Sometimes it's our anger. Sometimes it's our hurt. Sometimes we think we have been hurt and we can't change it. This story of the king is a story of God in Jesus Christ. We come with our own sins and we put them on the cross and Jesus dies there on the cross because of sin. 
the sin of all believers in all the world, in all of time. It's an immense list of sin. Just as big as the debt of 10,000 talents. Peter tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross. God forbid it. But Christ went so that that gift of forgiveness could be given as great as that whole gift was. Peter finally understood, and he preached to the church. The lesson is same for us today. Somehow we need to understand that forgiveness is without counting. It's not three times. It's not seven times. It's not 27 times. It's not even 70 times seven. It's not counted. There's a balance. We balance on one hand our sins as God forgives them, and we balance on the other hand the sins of our neighbors that come against us and that we sin against them. And those two balance out. The parable is pushing us towards forgiveness. Forgiveness is ultimately about the past. We can't change it. What has happened has happened. So we accept the past in forgiveness. And we accept the freedom in the future that that forgiveness gives. Forgiveness opens up the door of the future. And when we cannot forgive, and when we cannot forget, and when we cannot let go, even with God's grace, then that forgiveness does not work in the past, and it does not work in the future. Forgiveness is a necessity of our faith. So how does that work with an abusive relationship? First and foremost, we, the church, protect the weak and the helpless. We stand against whatever breaks relationships, and we stand for the healing of those relationships. Abuse is never right. And at the same time, we forgive the abuser so that that abuser can also forgive and receive mercy. Because abuse is always a cycle, and it needs to be broken. And the point is, 
when the abuser comes and that pressure comes and the desire to abuse and to hurt, that trigger point, the appropriate response is not anger and violence, but forgiveness and mercy that has been given. If the abuser does not stop and forgive, then that brings dishonor on God, and like in the parable, God will act. A closing thought. Saint Augustine once said, Do not despair. One of the thieves was saved. Then he cautioned, do not presume that one of the thieves was damned.